Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, all right. Hopefully you guys have all turned it up. Go grab those dials, click the little buttons on your earphones, turn it up. You know what I mean? Make me really loud and obnoxious in your ears right now. Because, hey, everybody do that. All right. Has everybody turned it up? I'm going to make an annoying sound. <laughs> all right. All right. That's it. I think that's enough. Man, we got an exciting Thursday. Last day of school for the kids here. So everybody's you know, revved up for summer break, and I've got to put my Mr. Mom hat on here sooner than later in terms of, you know, finding something to do for the kids 25-some-odd hours a week, um, you know, that's not in front of a TV and entertaining, while still keeping the podcast going and the clients coming in and, and the campaigns launching. So, um, you know, it's only going to get extra busy here for myself, right? So that's good. I got that going on, which is nice. But, uh, man, I'm excited for today's episode. I really am. We're going to be talking to Bev Staunch, S-T-O-C-H, I believe is how you spell her last name. And she's from the campaign Rosebuds, wireless earphones for with a fashion twist. So I'm not going to tell you the twist now because I'm not going to give it away. But if you listen to our interview, we're going to get into the twist. We're going to get into what she's doing in terms of the of the headphone world um, so that it's easier for you. So you're not walking around with those clunky white ones, right? Nobody wants the clunky white ones. Speaking of headphones, man, I've been trying to actually buy some AirPods. Um, I would like to get out of the clunkiness, and I can't get them. And I also ordered some headphones from Kickstarter for from a campaign called Elwin, which I actually interviewed. I think it's like ep- episode like seven or eight or something like that, and I still haven't got them, and I don't think I'm ever going to get them. So that's a little disappointing. I don't know. Maybe I'm actually going to look into that. I think I spent a couple hundred bucks there. I might have to ask for a refund. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I'm going to look into that. That thought just, just popped into my mind. So had a pretty interesting night last night. Um, so last night, you know, uh, I'm in the men's softball, and we actually won a doubleheader, which that doesn't happen very often uh, from what I've heard. I mean, I've only been on this team for five five or six weeks now. But um, but what was interesting, and I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit. So after the first game, uh, which we won, we beat a pretty good team, uh, the umpire stopped me and told me that it was one of the best pitched games he has ever seen. Who says that? Who says that? I mean, it's just softball slow pitch. But I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I pitch with some mentality up there. You know, I pitch high, I pitch low, I pitch them short. You know, I pitch them deep. I, I make the people move, right? The other nice thing is in the second game, I had two strikeouts with people looking. If anybody knows men's slow pitch softball, I think you'll, you'll appreciate that sat I just gave you. Two strikeouts with people looking. Yeah, that's right. I gave, a, I gave a moment of silence for myself. See, I got that narcissistic vibe. I know how to do it. It's my podcast. I'm supposed to do it, right? It's about me right now. We're not to the interview part. When we get to the interview part, it's about them. But right now, it's about me. These are, this is my time. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty jacked up about my softball pitching. I don't know. Maybe I could be like a hot free agent and, um, you know, get picked up from other teams and maybe maybe turn this into a living. I don't know. I mean, you know, the year's still young, but we'll see. Maybe I'll be a hot free agent after this year. So, um, yeah, so that was last night. So real quick, let's, let's jump into our Ask Me Anything. Um, so, again, remember, on the podcast, if you've got a crowdfunding question 
and something stumping you, um, you know, you can reach out, right? So I'm going to give you my cell phone number. That's right. My actual cell phone number. Try it, by the way. Just, just give me a call and I'll answer or text me. Uh, the number is, wait, 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 wait. Go get a pencil. Go get a pencil. Go get a pencil. And paper. I guess you need both. Or get a pen and write it on your hand. Yeah, treat me like maybe uh, um, like you're hiding my phone number from people or get in trouble from your lady friend or something because you've got this phone number on it. So here it is, 248-264-3464, Shoot me a text with your crowdfunding question and I'll answer it on the podcast like I'm doing right now. So I got a text the other day from, um, uh, from a, somebody running a crowdfunding campaign. Uh, his name is Andy. And he asked me, how often should I be doing backer updates? So let's jump right into it. So for me, backer updates, I, I try to do one, you know, there's no exact, mo- there's no exact um, amount, right? It's, it's obviously about feel. But I try with my backer updates to create momentum if there isn't any. So an example would be I might make a, a backer update at the first, you know, 20 people who back. Uh, thanking all the early bird backers with some sort of graphic. I'll, I'll make a graphic in Canva and put all their names on it with a big thank you and send that out. Um, uh, every time we hit a milestone, with the first, you know, the first backer, I might do a quick video. So my whole point with backer updates is to keep that momentum going, keep people, keep that, keep our project in the thought of people, asking them to share. Uh, I even sometimes will do a backer-only update. Um, so this is something I call double down. Um, so what I'm doing is after, let's just say I get to 100 backers, um, I'll do a backer-only update where I ask those 100 people um, to send me you know, three to five email addresses of people they think would be into this campaign. And I incentivize it. So, hey, if you do this, you'll get free shipping, a free T-shirt. I'm going to double your order, whatever, whatever makes sense in your business. But, but once you get that data from people, um, you can use language like, hey, um, you know, uh, Jeff's a backer of Rosebuds and he's really, really excited uh, for the campaign. And the only way this thing's going to get funded is if we get more and more people or if we want to hit that stretch goal, whatever it is, right? Whatever your language is. So make sure you sign up. He really wants you to get these, you know, he really wants you to check this out as well. That's a very warm lead. It's a quick way to maybe possibly double or even triple your email list of, of potential supporters. Um, and, and I think it's a good thing to, to get people excited about it, right? To use the right language. So um, that's something, you know, that's a backer-only update that we do typically in the middle of a campaign. But in general, I try to have my campaigns just, just you know, be active. I try to, you know, I'll do a Kickstarter Live or a Facebook Live event in the middle of, of, of it. And that's a great backer update. So as things are happening, if, if you announce stretch goals, hey, maybe you're on the podcast. Like Beth is going to be here in a second. You might want to send that out as a backer update. If you get some press, whatever it might be, all of those are great opportunities to give press. The other day, and um, I got this question actually on a, one of my calls too, where somebody was just fearful that they're, oh, they're going to be annoyed with me. Man, don't have fear. Fear is the worst thing I think you can have in the middle of a campaign. Like, I don't want to put that out. I don't want to annoy that person. I don't want... Listen, if they're annoyed, they just literally don't open the email. They just... Whatever it is. But the whole point of running a Kickstarter is to really be in the conscious of everybody, you know, as much as possible for 30 days. It's a huge PR push for like 30 days. I mean, that's what it is, right? That's what you're working on. So, so don't have fear. Um, send out updates, send them out frequently, use your smartphone. Here's another thing too, is I'll say about backer updates. You don't need to have high end tech 
to pull this stuff off. A lot of times, just you sitting on your porch or at your table, you know, with your iPhone lit somewhat okay, you know what I mean? So you don't look completely blown out or some weird, weird look. But as long as you are coming across authentic, looking into the camera, addressing people, saying, hey, I just want to thank the first 100 backers. Thank you so much. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to get here. You know, you guys are the backbone of this project. You know, just that sort of honesty, that sort of language is really what people are looking for when it comes to um, those updates. So do them frequent. Don't hold back. Have fun with them. Be excited. Um, show pe- and keep the momentum going. So th- there you go, uh, Andy. I hope that answers your questions about backer updates. If, obviously, if anybody out there has got more questions or wants to dive into it more, there's a couple ways to reach out. If you go to the website, I've got a great webinar that I do every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, yeah, th- those might be switching because of you know summertime being here. But check out those um, those that those dates. I do those webinars uh, live. You can ask questions uh, for those. Um, if you want to just obviously shoot me a question or we can talk off air, by all means, go to the website. There's blogs on this sort of stuff. You know, follow up on stuff. But um, all right, cool. So what else can I, what else can I, do, uh, I need from you guys? Hey, if you're liking the podcast, a couple things. Tell a friend, tell an entrepreneur, tell somebody you know in business. I think they'd get a lot out of this. Um, it, also, review the podcast, man. Go and do a review. That would be awesome if you would be so kind as to leave me a review. I'd appreciate that. But um, all right, well, let's go ahead and kick to my conversation with Bev Stodge um, uh, from Rosebuds. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, Bev. I hit the record button. Now all the pressure starts. So hopefully you're uh, you're ready to go. Ready to go, Jeff. Well, let's do a quick sound check here. So, uh, what is something that nobody knows about you that you think would be very interesting for my listeners? Um, well, your listeners um, wouldn't know that. Um, I, w- I was born and grew up in uh, in South Africa quite quite some uh, deca- decades ago, and um, that was um, um, you know growing up in South Africa at that time um, it was uh, had a big influence on uh, who I am today. Interesting, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting you to say you grew up in uh, South Africa. All right, cool. Yeah. So if I'm sounding good, how are you? Yeah, sounding all right for you? Yeah. Super. Cool, 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 cool. All right, well, let's let's jump in. So, uh, so it looks like you are currently running a Kickstarter campaign. So, what are you raising money for right now? So, we're raising money for um, rosebuds, which um, are smart convertible fashion earphones. Um, a really unique um, product that is a genuine merging of uh, fashion and tech. Okay. So uh, how does that merge? What, what, what does that mean? Describe it for my listeners because since we're on a podcast. Right, right. Well, um, we would all um, um, have experienced um, using uh, headphones that, um, that have long white cords that tangle, that, um, that look um, odd and, um, and strange. And we um, were on a mission to um, find a way to create a product that 
both um, was a strong fashion statement, but also an, um, an, a very convenient um, earphone product. So that's what we've managed to do with, um, with the Rosebuds product. So the Rosebuds product is really two products in one. A, um, a necklace that um, really um, blends in with a variety of um, um, fashion styles um, and um, also really convenient um, headphones. Nice. Now, 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 do you imagine that this is a female-driven product or male-driven product? Like, who, who do you think your um, perfect client is? You know, that's such an interesting question, Jeff, because I was just looking at our um, Kickstarter um, stats last night. And uh-huh. um, whereas usually the, the tech space is more male-occupied, um, I, haven't, um, I haven't looked 100% at the, at the numbers, but it looks like we've got a very strong uh, female presence in our, in our backers. Um, we, and, and we went, went about looking for a way to create a, a necklace product that was um, unisex, that spoke just mm-hmm. as much to whatever, um, or rather should I say, um, uh, multi-sex in that um, it should, you know, spe- we wanted the product to speak um, to, any, um, to any gender, to any fashion, to really um, a unique you know, whatever your expression, whatever your expression is in terms of your fashion style, we wanted the necklace to speak to that. Nice, nice, yeah, yeah. They 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 look it from online. I mean, obviously we're in the podcast land, but they look like they're not one way driven, you know, female driven or whatever, you know. So yeah, I think you did a great job on that. I think you've definitely hit your goals. Um, so so tell me, where is like where is the origins of this idea? Where's the cocktail napkin sketch, and 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 how did you decide that you're going to get into the headphone business? <laughs> well, um, I would. Uh, it 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 was um, a, a surprise to um, to both of us. So it's it's really not where we would where you know where we were three years ago. But um, we were um, always uh, complaining about um, headphone hassles, um, mm-hmm. losing your headphones, headphones tangling, um, can't find them in the bag, but you know that they're there. Um, so um, we set out on this um, quest to um, create um, the most convenient uh, and fashionable uh, earphone um, product that's just easily accessible at, at any time. And it's been a really um, long journey um, and it's involved multiple um, you know, de- uh, design and engineering teams along the way and lots of, um, lots of really critical support from um, family and and friends, but it started off with um, the frustrations of seeing what what we thought were unsightly um, headphone products and being convinced that there was a um, a much more stylish and convenient way forward. That's cool. So, so one of my favorite things talking to like entrepreneurs or even even why I do this podcast is, you know, outside of seeing that like all right or identifying a problem. What is the first step, though, into like making a product? Even after you know, after you've, you know, you've identified an issue. Because again, I've never made a product. I've never made headphones. Like, what is that step? The first step. Yeah, what's the first step into like? I'm going to make a product that solves an issue. Well, uh, the the first step is is lots of um, thinking and talking and testing and. Um, 
um, just um, working out with um, yourself and with your um, your friends and family, um, you know, is is different kinds of ideas and um, and um, yeah, keep keep testing and and thinking and doodling and exchanging. And uh, once we were convinced that we really had um, an idea that um, was. Um, special and unique, um, we started connecting with um, professional designers and engineers who ca who could um, help us take it to the next level. But there were many <laughs> next levels in our journey. Uh, uh, but it, I guess, starts out with um, with um, an idea and a belief and gumption. Yeah, right, right. So, how long total that have you been working on on the rosebuds? Uh, over two over two years it's been okay. it's been yeah it's been over two years and um and working with um um you know both design and a number of both design and engineering teams mm -hmm. and over those two years what's been the biggest pivot or um you know roadblock was was there any a moment where you just you couldn't do something that you wanted to do well there there were um there were many um there were many uh, challenges along the way. The biggest, the biggest um, challenge turned out really to be the tension between uh, our aspirations for a jewelry product and our aspirations for a convenient, um, smart, in terms of technology, um, product. And the more smart we wanted to make the the product the more the engineers wanted to make the product uh, more bulky um, for more space in the various housings and the more that we wanted to make the product uh, stylish and chic in terms of fashion so um, the less um, viable the technologies became so so these were mm. you know this was this is a is an ongoing tension in our product development so as as a creator, how do you walk that fine line? And 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 how? It may, and there's probably not an answer for this. But how do you determine? Like, all right, we'll go a little bit more tech, and we'll lose a little bit of fashion, or we're going to go more fashion, lose tech. Like, like, where is that? You know, breaking points on those types of conversations. Well, um, we were really stubborn, <laughs> and we were um, we really kind of stuck to our guns and. Um, we said that the two products that we are going to merge into one, we're going to, we're going to um, solve this fashion tech divide in the earphone space. And um, we kept um, asking and advising and finding additional sources of information. And even our, our team, you know, went out and essentially, you know, not from an engineering background, went out and did independent research to try to find additional uh, solutions. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think the teamwork was really, was really key and, and um, uh, teamwork and audacity and determination in, uh, in breaking through like the one big a problem that we had quite early on was how do we how do we make the battery housing part of this um, fashion um, product and um, so so what with um, uh, with additional designs and creativity what we managed to to do is make 
the fashion product really also you can wear the necklace in two forms. You can either wear the necklace with the buds as your primary necklace pendant, uh, which is one particular um, style, or you can wear the necklace with the battery housing as your primary necklace pendant, which is a different a different style. So um, we managed to um, to find a way for all the the the, the tech. Um, uh, the, the, all the housings that we needed for the tech to also become part of the necklace trim and the necklace design. Cool. Very cool. So, so kind of following up on the pivot points, what, where or what is the moment where you really knew that you had something um, that was worthy of going to Kickstarter and, and, and to keep going down the rabbit hole of it? Well, I, every time, every time we showed the product to... Um, uh, to friends and families and people that um, uh, that we met and spoke about the product, people got super super excited about it. I mean, we were super excited about it. But when we when we realised the response from uh, from people was so positive, um, we knew we knew we were onto something. And then when we finally got, because we've obviously been through multiple. Um, multiple prototypes but when we've been showing people our, our current prototype people are amazed people are really astounded that um you know when i'm wearing it in a in a necklace form and uh, people ask about it and then i show them that it's actually earphones people are, people are blown away so so we've progressively tested the response from from people and um, and found that that folk are, are just as excited as we are about it. That's cool. So so you, so let's let's flip a little bit over to you talking about you personally. So we mentioned in our sound check that you grew up in uh, South Africa. So um, you know what did your parents do? So um, it was some decades ago, Jeff. My dad um, uh, managed a, a branch of a, a wholesale electronics company in Cape Town, and my mum, as was common in those in those days, was um, uh, a housewife, a carer, mm-hmm. and supporter of both my dad and us kids. Gotcha. So you got brothers and sisters, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, two two brothers. All right, and, and so you know now. What, did your dad have the entrepreneur spirit? Like, where where do you think the entrepreneur spirit came from? So it's an interesting question because I am um, um, I'm a um, a social worker by training and work in um, the social justice um, field, um, but I think I've got um, a, a spirit, a survival spirit um and a disruptive energy that um that comes from um my upbringing and uh, kind of being an outlier in my um pro democracy thinking growing up in apartheid south africa so i think that's really fueled uh, a kind of disruptive um spirit in me and you're in australia now so how where's the journey from from south africa to australia what's in between so my, that <laughs> what what's uh, in between my uh, how did I get to Australia? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, how'd, how'd, how'd you get there? Um, well, my 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 um, my brother Selwyn he moved to um, to Australia uh, many decades ago. I've actually only been in Australia about fourteen years now, and um, so both um, uh, my brother Selwyn and my mum uh, live in Australia. So that was a, a strong um, pull card to um, to what is. Um, 
a very um, lucky country. Yeah. So what is, you know, what is the entrepreneur spirit like where you live in terms of maybe support or incubators or, you know, is there anything available to help, you know, people like yourself get a product to, to market? Look, I must be um, honest, Jeff. I um, because the collaboration is such a New York, Sydney collaboration with um, um, inputs, f- um, with professional inputs from uh, around the U.S. and in China. That's really mm-hmm. my experience of the build of and the development of rosebuds. But I do know that um, Australia is um, that there's um, a lot of momentum in the in the in the startup tech space in Australia. And generally speaking, um, there, w- there would be a lot of support here, both um, from, the, from the, the um, startup community, but also from, uh, from the government as well. That's, kind of, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, for, for yourself being a social worker and stuff like that, what, do you have any thoughts around like maybe some personality traits that you have that has lent you to have a incredibly successful Kickstarter with still a few weeks to go uh, and the ability to bring something to market. Is there something that you just see in yourself that you just know that, that, that you've got it, you know, that, that, that there's something there? Um, actually, I, th- I think that having worked in, um, with prickly problems of prickly social justice um, problems for, um, for my professional uh, life has um, meant that even where you can see that a problem is almost impossible or incredibly difficult to solve, you still persevere and um, get to the best possible outcome, even though it might not be um, ideal in that social um, kind of social justice space. Um, I think that has transferred really well because that means that um, my stamina in terms of perseverance is is very high, uh, so I think that's transferred really well. That's, that's cool. How, how about is there anybody that you really have been you know look at for inspiration in terms of I don't know design or tech or social work? Is there anybody that 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 people might know that that you look at as an influence? Well. Um, I think I think in um, there there are there are um, you know people from growing up in in, in South Africa those um, brave folk who um, you know um, stood up and spoke their mind and uh, um, paid a high cost for um, you know opposing the the regime at that time I you know obviously looked up to them and today that kind of translates in that I um, really love the the big um, disruptor um, innovations so um, I, you know I really um, follow the the interesting developments with rideshare um, rideshare in the Australian space and the how the monopolies really resist that and and how that whole um, story evolves those are are really um, are interesting uh, developments in uh, in today's society for me yeah that's cool well let's flip a little bit over to the actual Kickstarter uh, itself so you know yeah you've you've squashed your goal with um, you know you're over seventy thousand dollars right now a bunch of backers fifteen days to go here um, so what was kind of the mindset as to why you wanted to launch this product on Kickstarter and and how did Kickstarter kind of become part of your conversation 
Well, we um, we we obviously worked for a long period of time on the development of the product, and um, I guess we're looking towards how how are we going to bring the product um, to life, and um, and find support to take it to the um, to the next level. And um, you know, over over the years. Um, that we've been working on the product, I think um, the Kickstarter, the more that we got to, um, to learn about the Kickstarter community, the more that seemed like a, um, like a really perfect um, fit to, um, uh, for the Rosebuds product. Yeah. So, so we, um, kind of coming up with like a goal or amount, you know, what was kind of the strategy behind building out the page and, and how does those, the numbers kind of work into where the product's going, overfunding, all that sort of stuff? So the, the, the build of the, of the page, um, you know, there is a, there's a ton of information um, on the, on the our Kickstarter page in terms of the development of the product, the history of the product, the features of the product, um, and um, also obviously images of 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 the product. Um, w- what we wanted to do was um, make sure that we can finance our um, uh, pre-production and production costs for um, our first mass production run. So that was our that was our modest um, goal in the in the first instance. And we're just um, really overwhelmed with the support of uh, the Kickstarter community and our family and friends and networks in terms of um, you know getting behind the product and um, uh, having faith that we can um, you know deliver a premium product um, uh, to them that's cool so so this may be an absolutely stupid question because you've obviously squashed your goal here so far would there be anything that you would do differently with your current campaign if you could <laughs> there's that's it's such a good question like there's so many things that um we would do uh, uh that I would um do differently like I, f- I feel even though uh, we had a lot of time to um prepare and we um you know um listen to a lot of um um podcasts like like your own that um, are really so valuable in in talking to folk that are going through the the process and so many great um, lessons to learn really you never I don't think as a first time um, as a first time crowdfunder I, like, I don't think you ever really prepared um, so so um, yeah I would um, I would do um, I would do a lot of things um, differently we were in a sense blessed that our development took um, as long as it did take, uh, because that gave us an opportunity to um, to think about how we approach um, social media and the Kickstarter campaign and and things like that. But more time would have given <laughs> would have given us more opportunity to learn. Um, I would say, um, I would say that um, I would I would put in more effort into building up uh, a, an email an email list, even though we had a an okay email list to to start off with that uh, it was um, you know it took it took time for us to understand how to utilize um, uh, social media to um, you know uh, prepare for the um, Kickstarter campaign sure now now considering that you've got partners in New York and you're in Australia was there any conversation around whether just on the front of Kickstarter whether or not this said 
you know, from New York or from Australia, was there any sort of consideration in terms of strategy around that? Look, we, we um, are, we've been working on um, focusing on both um, the U.S. and Australia, but there's there's no doubt that um, you know the U.S. market is is by far the mm-hmm. the the strongest. So so things um, every our. Um, our images and our approach is very, at this stage, very U.S. Um, US focused, but Australian backers have been uh, very strong and generous as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm always intrigued on that. Is just, um, just the, what that feel looks like for 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 the for the consumer, you know, it, um, and especially just the Kickstarter landscape. You got to have a huge U.S. market, you know, like you just, it's just that's just how it works. So it's, a, uh, so I'm always intrigued on on people's decisions around that. Right. So, you know, so looking at with 15 days to go, um, you know, w- what are some strategies that you're thinking about right now just to keep the momentum going or, you know, just to kind of keep that, keep people excited, keep the backers uh, engaged in, uh, until this ends? Um, well, we, we're keeping doing, doing what we're doing, but we also um, have looked for um, um, to engage with platforms like um um, the gadget flow and um, a product hunt, and see how um, to engage those um, that, those communities in um, uh, in rosebuds. Uh, we're also obviously looking to capture PR where where we can, but um, you would be well aware that that's um, that's uh, um, that can that can be a challenge. Battle. It can yeah. be a battle, but we've had a great uh, a great write up in in Pace Magazine, which um, which is. Um, which has been really, um, uh, really great. Um, but we're just keeping on um, uh, doing what we're doing. That's cool. So I don't think it's a. Um, stre- uh, I think a lot of people are aware of this. Is that I mean the headphones is a fairly crowded community on Kickstarter. I mean there's a, there's there's a lot of them. So what did you guys do, kind of marketing wise, to just make sure that you're standing out of the crowd and and making sure that your message is is hitting, um, just because it is such a crowded crowded field. Uh, in terms of Kickstarters, it is it is a, a crowded field. I think we we just kept focusing on the uniqueness of Rosebuds. Uh, Rosebuds, uh, you know, is the is the is the ultimate merging of of um, fashion and tech, and we um, try to show that in our images and um, to show how how the Rosebuds fits in with um, with with various fashion statements and with various lifestyle um, context. So equally at work or at the pub or, you know, um, when, when one's working out. So um, we, we try to show how um, Rosebud is really unique in that, um, in that way. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So where do you see uh, Rosebud's Inc.? The, the, not, the, not the actual Rosebud's, but the company itself going um, like, like, what's your vision for it? Um, we, um, uh, we, we see uh, Rosebud, there's so many different directions that uh, Rosebuds um, um, can go in. We think that, um, you know, individual, um, you know, people are going to be, um, that individual sales are going to be really strong with, uh, with the base product. But um, we're also gonna. We're also looking at targeting private um, labeling because um, we're really the the first company that can um, um, 
offer fashion brands, athletic teams, uh, corporate um, entities, um, a, a place um, to cre- create uh, headphones as a, as a fashion um, accessory and provide those um, channels with um, with kind of an entry point into a unique earphone product. Sure, sure. So, you know, I'm always fascinated by, by companies who are merging kind of worlds together, fashion and, 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 and tech, right? So how does a company like yourself prepare to compete against the Googles of the world, the Apples of the world, if Apple comes out with something like this or they, they change a design or whatever it might be? Like, is there a way to prepare for that or do you just, you just got to roll with the flow? I definitely think you you can um, pre- um, prepare for that. We really try to um, be very, in a business sense, um, holistic in the way that we move forward to identify our uh, the unique aspects of our product and uh, make sure that we've got patents uh, um, in in place um, for that. Um, we also really f- focused on the. Um, on the on the on the basics, so we're really focused on our first production run in terms of in terms of of quality, and um, we're going to be super focused on um, making sure that we've got um, every possible mechanism in place that our first production run is going to um, make sure that our backers are going to get premium product um, in their hand. I think that's going to be, um, you know, that's critical. Um, and, um, but it's like you say, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a big, it's a big job and there are lots of different parts to it. And, um, you know, we just, um, planning and teamwork is, um, is the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, let, you know, in 15 days and the campaign ends, you you, you at least know you're getting a, a good chunk of money. Uh, you'll probably obviously come in a lot higher than where you are right now. So what happens after that money drops into the bank account? Like, what is the first step? Obviously, after maybe taking a deep breath. and But what what, what happens after that? Yeah, the next step is... Um is pre-production and, um, and production and, um, and, um, well, ecstasy as well, because, um, you know, it's all very real now and, and super exciting, but, um, we, we will, um, pivot away from, um, this crazy marketing, um, period to, um, to really focus on, on the nuts and bolts of um, of uh, of production, um, because that's going to be our um, rosebuds springboard into the future. That's cool. And I noticed that you've got a a, a pretty tight estimated delivery uh, of August of this year. Uh, how, uh, how did no, you prepare? No, no, the delivery the delivery is December. Oh, December. I'm sorry. I was looking at it wrong. Still is a pretty tight turnaround, actually, I think, for, for any sort of product like that. Um, what what did you set up pr- to prepare yourself to be able to, to deliver by that point? Well, we um, we, we didn't um, uh, launch the, the, the Kickstarter campaign. We were scheduled to <laughs> launch the Kickstarter campaign some months ago, but okay. we... 
we wouldn't uh, we didn't want to launch the campaign until we had a, a premium prototype in hand so um, a prototype uh, in hand that was fully functional with uh, with with all our um, with all our features um, that we've um, um, that you can um, see on the on the Kickstarter campaign um, page so um, th that caused um, that a caused you know additional delays, but that meant that um, we have in terms of the the engineering and the design we've got uh, we have all the the files and development um, in place. So we're we're actually already um, in the process or in the tooling process. So. So we were able to start that tooling process once we had the confidence of the Kickstarter community and um, knew that we could um, finance tooling. So we, we, we are on track for our December delivery date. That's great. That's awesome. So where do you see... What, what is scale in your, in, in your company's business model or your business plan? So... Um, so it's, so scale is um, is uh, connecting with uh, with with fashion brands and um, and and c continuously merging the 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 fashion and 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 tech and tech space. And, and do you see like um, like distribution your product inside of, of physical stores, or do you see strictly being online? At um, you know, look. There's potential for um, uh, for physical presence in uh, in uh, in stores, um, but we will have to to take it one step at a time and um, see how things um, see how things develop. But yes, in stores, online, in fashion shops, um, there's um, there's a future in all of those spaces for rosebuds. Yeah. That's cool. So let's ask about you personally. Where do you want to be in ten years, <laughs> uh, Jeff? It's a uh, um, it's an interesting question. A question I ask myself, but um, I, I feel very, very fortunate at this point in my life. Uh, in that um, I am, you know, happily. Um, happily working in a, a really interesting um, uh, job in Australia in uh, um, in the in the social justice space, and I'm also um, I'm super happy um, and engaged and stimulated working on uh, the Rosebuds um, project. So I um, feel very lucky today, and and really. Um, hope that um, I can um, continue um, enjoying. You know, different, um, different, um, interesting work opportunities in both these spaces. So yeah, I uh, I don't know um, which uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to give up either at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's cool. So you know, I, I guess as, I, as I'm kind of just thinking a little bit around the headphone space, you've mentioned a lot about like kind of the team that you've put together. Um, you know, is that something that you personally like was, was kind of the, the, the ringleader to put together the team or, or what did you know that you were, you knew you had to go out and find, cause you knew you just couldn't do it all yourself. So, I, you know, what were the steps to kind of just make sure you're, you're vetting and putting the right people in place to, to get this project off the ground? Well, what was, um, what was really core was, um, 
was um, close family and friends who um, have, um, you know, over over the years just been um, amazingly um, supportive and generous with um, their, their inputs and, and time and, um, and contributions. But in terms of um, uh, inputs from, you know, the professional designers and, and engineers, it was really a case of, of, of trial and, and error. Um, and, and we've, we've worked with a, a number of uh, different teams and each, um, um, each team has provided various, uh, unique, uh, contributions to our development. But, you know, we've, um, we've also, you know, parted with, um, with teams along the way as, um, you know, as we felt we, um, you know, as we felt we needed to get fresh um, inputs from um, from other places, I think that's a um, it's, it's a big lesson that I've learned. And my partner, um, uh, Alicia, my co-founder in um, my sister-in-law in New York, she's uh, um, really guided me in that um, in that um, area um, of you know there. There's some teams that at some stage you've got to say, you know, it's been great, but um, we've we've got to uh, move on now. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, book? Um, a, a favorite book? It's it. I have a um, um, novel favorite books, but I've learned. I must tell you, I've learned uh, a lot in terms of preparing for Kickstarter campaigns and um, and startup and development. A book that um, really um, uh, that really helped us in the in the early days of thinking about um, sourcing in China was uh, a book by uh, Rosemary Coates called Forty Two Rules for Sourcing and Manufacturing in China, which was really helpful in terms of understanding the um, the cultural and um, legal aspects of um, working with factories in China. But um, we've learned a lot from the crowdfunding community and from. Uh, from folk like yourself who um, uh, put together these amazing podcasts to learn from other other creators and other people that have um, gone through the the process. Yeah. How about a uh, favorite online tool that sa- maybe saves you time or something that you think would be beneficial for somebody? Yeah. Look, I haven't I haven't um, um, used uh, such a um such an online tool that's uh that's helped me i'm sure that there are many out there who could <laughs> um, that's okay. yeah, yeah uh, we, we we do have um you know our, our our websites hosted on uh wix and that's been um a very um um a very helpful um platform in terms of um uh in terms of you know, contacts and email lists and, um, you know, sending out and scheduling email messages, et cetera. So you, um, just question popped in my head here because I'm reading a, a Dr. Brené Brown all about vulnerability and I've been tying it into how much I think it falls into entrepreneurs and, and project creators. But what is vulnerability and your companies, you, you working on this social work, how does vulnerability play into, into this for you? That's uh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, look, I think um, you know. I think vulnerability uh, in terms of Rosebud's links to what you were saying earlier, what you were asking earlier about the the big um, 
you know, audio tech headphone companies and um, um, small startups like like Rosebuds. So there's obviously so much um, vulnerability there in terms of um, the potential to develop access to um, access to you know technical um, knowledge and um, and insights into uh, into you know existing um, products etc. Um, so you know there's a big vulnerability in terms of you know little guys and big guys and access to resources and knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's. And that's interesting because, you know, on, on the other hand, um, today's, today's world and the availability of, of platforms like um, Kickstarter and, and knowledge um, through, you know, um, just our, the way our world works today to, is, is incredible that, um, you know, people coming from a very different professional space can take on an idea like, um, you know, merging the fashion tech space in the earphone business and put together a, a project that gets to this um, very real stage of manufacturing. Yeah, right. um, it's just crazy that our, that, that that's, even possible in, but it is in our world today. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's the, 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 the flip side of, um, of the real vulnerability, um, and power differentials, um, with the amazing accessibility of today's world. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love how it plays into this because there's the, um, because of Kickstarter, also the chance of failure, the fact that you are putting something out there and people could say, nope, I'm not into it. You know, I mean, and people just have, you have to do it. You have to make that step. So uh, I, I, I find a lot of commonness with uh, things in common with, with, with project creators because it's a big step for people. So, right. All right. I think I got one more question and then I'm going to let you go. Is there anything that you do before bed that, uh, that helps you succeed in social work, entrepreneurship, this, you know, your life right now, any routines or anything like that you do? Well, I've um, I've started. Um, I'm using this uh, meditation app called Headspace, which oh, is absolutely. Oh, yeah, isn't yeah. it great? Great. Yes, I I need to yeah. do it more. I always need to do it more. I feel like, but time and life. But yeah. I um, you know, I I I agree, and I've um, uh, you know, obviously, one goes through phases when one when one is um. Um, more regular in one's practice and then <laughs> less regular. Yep. But I find uh, I find they they've got a small. I don't even know how long it is, but it can't be more than I reckon than ten minutes. They've got like yep. a sleep uh, a sleep meditation, which I find um, really, 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 really helpful. Yeah, I think that's a that, that's a perfect suggestion <laughs> to close out this thing because <laughs> I've been trying to get my wife to start doing it with me because I'm like, you know, you could sleep a little better. We could, you know take some deep breaths and, and breathe and, you know, be conscious, all that stuff. So yeah, great, great suggestion. So where can people find out more information on Rosebuds or maybe yourself uh, uh, if they're out there using the old Google? So um, our, our website is www.rosebuds.com. We're, um, 
uh, a unique um, a unique product um, that is a genuine merging of, of fashion and tech. We're live on Kickstarter until June the 22nd, 15 days to go. Um, but you, you can contact us um, through through our website. And, um, yeah, we're um, super excited and um, to move into production and are very um, thankful to our backers. That's cool. Well, Bev, I think we did it. How do you feel? Feel good? Yeah, I feel good. How about you, Jeff? <laughs> I feel great. I think that was a great call. Great conversation. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. And I encourage everybody, if you're looking for a new pair of headphones that uh, you know won't get tangled in uh, all knotted up, I think this is a great, great choice uh, for you guys out there to go look at. So, uh, Bev, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. Bless you. Thank you. You too. How about that conversation? Man, Bev, social work, really bringing a lot to the table when it comes to crowdfunding. And I just want to give Bev an actual like real thank thank you. Um, after after the mics were off, uh, when the red light wasn't on, um, Bev was really open and honest with me about how much the podcast um, helps and um, was just really appreciative of what I'm working on here and what we're doing. And I want to say thank you to Bev for being a, a listener and her kind words were really awesome um, after our interview uh, last week. Uh, it really meant a lot to me. So, Bev, thank you. Uh, so, the song we're listening to is a song called Roots. You actually hear a portion of it every uh, time we start off this podcast. Um, it's on the Sugar People um, 2008 CD. You can go to Spotify and listen to it now. But, uh, yeah, here's a song called Roots. And I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. And I will talk to you all next week. Oh, happy Father's Day. By your own roots.